It happens all the time. At least there's no S on the end, though, right? Oh my God, it's not an S. You did start with season four, episode nine, the five podcasts. This is more or less a Vaughn. Yes, all right. And you are a painter, a sculptor. You do a lot of things. Yeah, that seems to be the ticket here. Oh, welcome, Joe. Hey. So. We, it seems like we have a lot of people on that are that are doing about four or five things, and there's some layering there. There's yeah. some interdisciplinary kind of function or benefit to that. Do you is, is this is this stuff that you're kind of doing uh, at the same time, or is it sort of you have areas of focus that you get into all at once? I think it's all at the same time yeah. for the most part. It's yeah. just like you wake up, you feel like doing some graffiti, go do some graffiti. Yeah. You feel like making a film you make that film right then and there yeah like that's what me and my uh, collaborators kind of get into just doing whatever we feel at the time mm-hmm. um just depends on what day it is so when you're making when you're making films are you making things on the quick for the most part yeah yeah i think so right now i got two feature film length films and those you know it took a couple weeks to shoot a couple months to shoot uh here and there but then the short films uh me and my homeboy juice who's back here with us we started this thing called night shift network mm-hmm. uh i think we like two i don't months think you told in. me about this man you keep your secrets from me. oh yeah so <laughs> <laughs> i just talked to this guy for like three hours the other day i think he mentioned this so <laughs> night shift network is a thing we're doing we're looking at it as if we're starting our own like cable network you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying that's cool um we're not worried about getting a deal or anything like that but it would be cool to be on Adult Swim if we could mm-hmm. if we could pull it. If Adult you know. Swim is watching or listening right now, yeah. <laughs> if, t- if you're we're watching, just saying, that's amazing. If they're watching, it's incredible. It's <laughs> cool, <man. laughs> and they might be doing it. Both mm-hmm. of them listening and watching. If that's y'all right. watching this, but, right. um, but I think it's good to do things without regard for where it's going. You, yeah, it helps you figure out what I don't know. You, you unintentionally change what you're doing. The truth of what you're doing sometimes gets compromised, even in ways you don't realize. Yeah, uh, if you're really trying to like target something. I like that though, yeah. And yeah. It, and it, I think the ideas come out smoother by us just saying, "Hey, we really just doing this for our entertainment mm-hmm. and for people that like our fan base right now, you know, who mm-hmm. would enjoy seeing it." Mm-hmm. So where it goes from there, we just leave it up to fate. Uh-huh. Well, that's the thing. Like every yeah. every documentary you've ever seen on any successful person in the creative world, none of them were like, "Well, I I, I really mapped out my my personas and who I wanted to target." <laughs> Right. Uh, from a marketing perspective and then right. I went out and uh, you know created s- a business plan <laughs> like the things that really resonated just because you just were off the wall in your own respect and you just did what what naturally came to you mm-hmm. yeah. so how is this what's this thing like so far can you tell me anything about it yeah, is it still coming yeah. to, okay I can tell you about it it's, so it's, it's like a it's almost Night as Shift if, Network. Yeah, Night okay. Shift Network. Can we, can we call it NSN? Yeah. Yep, NSN. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> coming for you, Ted Turner. I'm telling you, man, we're coming for them. Uh, so it's kind of like a show that you would see on Adult Swim. It's, it's mm-hmm. kind of like a variety show. So we got a, cool. a talk show that um, Juice is the host of. We do a lot of green screen work. We got a huge green screen now. Cool. Um, That's awesome, man. Yeah, we do skits. We do a lot of skits. Uh, <laughs> like, for instance, one of them... We post a lot of it on Instagram right okay. now, but I think we're going to go and pull those videos off and make like a complete episode out of them. Mm. But we do things like, for instance, I don't know if you saw the blackface video that mm-hmm. I did. So I did a blackface video about a week or two ago in response to the whole Gucci mm-hmm. and Katy Perry blackface situation. Mm-hmm. 
uh, one of the scariest videos I ever put out in my life. It's just like, you know, it's like going back and revisiting blackface in a critical way. But something like that could be taken out of context, like really, really easy. Mm-hmm. And it could almost I, I, it could almost destroy you in a way, you know. Mm-hmm. But I was like, the hell with it. I'm, this is this is here. I'm a contemporary artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see what happens. Let's talk about it at least. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, so we got little things like that. Um, we got a character called Officer Rallo. Mm-hmm. So he's like, huh, a cop. <laughs> a Officer co- Rallo. Officer Rallo. <laughs> a ratchet cop who loves chicken. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> you will get locked up if you don't have a piece of chicken for this man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but Officer it, it, I think it also... We kind of address stereotypes, but in a in mm. a funny way at the same time, because mm. we want you to have fun when you're mm. watching it. Um, but like Officer Rallo is it's it's kind of like a, our experience dealing with let's say black cops. You know, uh, the, I remember when I like I went to jail once and uh, everything was cool. It, it it's like I took a rap for somebody basically, mm. but the house was full of cops. And then the one black cop came in just pissed off like, somebody going to jail today. Come on, come on, come on. And it was like, damn, why are you out of all of them, mm. out of all the cops in here, why are you the most aggressive towards mm. me? You know mm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it, <laughs> but it's a funny thing, you know, mm. when you go back and look at it. Mm-hmm. So that's what Officer Rallo. Yeah, kind of based on this. Yeah, kind of yeah. based on that idea yeah. of like that experience of um, black males with black cops. Mm-hmm. Uh, but That's we found really interesting, human. actually, because I just—I mean, I've never thought about that. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I'm coming from a white male perspective, yeah. so it's sort of like, uh, I guess I've never been in the position that you've been in, where, uh-huh. where it's like, uh, I've never doubted that the white cop will do me a favor, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, like cut me some slack or whatever. I'm clearly like whatever middle class white america so like mm-hmm. i've never had that situation where it's like you know coming from your perspective where it's like come on like oh yeah you know mm-hmm. yeah in, in the black community that's people talk about that like yeah. you don't really want to run into a black cop <laughs> he gonna treat you worse you know what i mean mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's 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 messed up all the way but that's that's very four layers deep into like sort of echo effects of the problem to begin with mm. i imagine like his life is you know like the cop that's not your character but the actual cop you dealt with i mean who, who knows what he's dealing with that's true you know yeah like inside like being in 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 the police force and i don't know there's you get beaten down enough times uh you mm-hmm. know spiritually by you know your environment to maybe you just start acting out in maybe other ways or yeah. you know who knows then probably trying to like prove his worth as a cop but or his allegiance to the yeah, yeah like I'm, yeah. I'm gonna go out of my way to mm-hmm. show that i'm not cutting you know my people or whatever you know any favors yeah oh, wow. that might have something to do with it i think huh. so they go the extra mile and bust mm-hmm. your head <laughs> <You're> like, <dang. laughs> so we got officer rallo um a talk show segment the talk show segment and then my segments kind of go like i say the black face then i got a fast mm-hmm. food um mascot mm-hmm. that i'm working on <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> yeah and uh the name of the fast food chain is, is whack burger <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna start filming commercials for that uh-huh. we did um nuveen borari she's an artist here mm-hmm. uh kurdish american and we oh, did right, yeah yeah we just shot one with her uh and people, f- people should realize too that 
Nashville has uh, the largest Kurd population in the country, I believe, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. I, think yeah. in, I think in the world besides Iraq. I believe Is that so. true? I, I think believe it's so. literally that big. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like the biggest, definitely. Yeah. I think you're right, all over yeah. the world. I think. Anyway, a lot. We have a big Kurdish population. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know anything, I don't know how the Kurdish cops are, but... Yeah. I have no idea. I, yeah, I, don't, I haven't even heard of any, really. Mm-hmm. Like, but, they, uh, I, I used to <laughs> them, uh, All the Kurds would hang out at Melrose and play you're ping like, pong. Really? They were really good. They would run the table of ping pong table at Melrose Dang. for a long time it was like a, you know mm. it was like a sort of uh, Bruce Lee film when you came in there you know <laughs> yeah like well, see, we've been working with Nuveen for about a year now mm. and she really brought that whole perspective uh, to the table of like and she says this a lot we're neighbors mm-hmm. you know what I mean so it was like we should be treating it that way and mm-hmm. really like link up more yeah yeah and, and I think that's what we've been doing through her and with her so and you did an uh, like a, a fake ad with her for Whack yeah. Burger? Is no, that right? we did an ad with her for your friendly local rug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Rug dealer. Yeah. So she was on there as the rug dealer yeah. named Nova. Yeah, yeah. Another was, thing where you're like playing with the stereotypes, yeah. right? Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, so it's and and we want to just keep expanding it, bringing mm-hmm. more people in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can create their own characters. Like for yeah. the talk show, for instance, whoever's a guest on there, mm-hmm. you create. An alter ego. Yeah, we 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 don't we don't want you to just show up as you. You know, mm-hmm. create something else. Maybe say things that you would normally yeah. say or be able to say. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. cool. It's like an edgier update of like In Living Color in a way. Actually, right? yeah. I mean, it reminds me that I loved In Living Color, so I say that with like big compliments cool, because cool. I because I thought that show was like. I thought that shit was great, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, and and uh, and they were doing the same kind of stuff, you know what yeah. I mean. So I, I think that's uh, I mean, but what you can do with the internet and what you can do with small budget and what you can do like in terms of making it an edgy thing, mm-hmm. I think is important because I think you know those shows like Saturday Night Live, for instance, is a show for me that it's like that show used to be like dangerous back in <laughs> back in the seventies, and it's like it hasn't been dangerous in a long time. You know, mm-hmm. you make fun of the president, and everybody makes fun of the president. I know, you know right? what I mean. Yeah. You're not talking about. You're not talking about anything dangerous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know? totally. I so. think Mad TV was good for that too. Yeah, see, yeah. that was underrated. Very underrated. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, they had a bad time slot. No, I know. <laughs> so what's crazy is that those groundbreaking shows of that time in Living Color, Mad TV, all that. If 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 those shows came out now, mm-hmm. they would get shut down. Do you oh, think wow. there would be? Hmm. You know what I mean? If you think about it, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Even Seinfeld <laughs> would not float now. Okay. Really? No. Interesting. Like on major networks or just because of just kind of outrage culture, right? Yeah. Like, uh-huh. like maybe people would soup Nazi. I mean, oh yeah, the whole, the whole, everything about it is based. It's funny because of stereotypes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. And that's you know, that's the trick with uh, humor these days. Is you know, I think a lot of comedians are really up against it right now because. Yeah that is the arena where that stuff gets sorted out yeah. culturally and, and people don't understand the art of comedy yeah. and the disassociative but relative aspects mm-hmm. of it so they, they they put themselves in a position to like like you either have to homogenize or mm. or you just get ready for it it's coming right you mm-hmm. know? I still think in some ways like 
com- comedians and artists can well I, I don't even know if they I don't know what they can or can't get away with but yeah. I know that they'll keep trying to get away with whatever they want you know what I mean and every time I see people get really upset about something an artist did or upset about something a comedian said a lot of times it's just like nobody cares if you're upset because it's a comedy show and yeah. that, that will always give you a certain amount of cover versus like when a politician says something that's completely off you know everybody mm-hmm. was like what did he say <laughs> you know what I mean so in some ways it's like it's like the job of creative people to do that and there's and like that there's a there's a natural protection to being able to say things that are dangerous in that thing in that world not to say that there's not going to be heat though yeah you know like when you were saying like I wasn't sure if I should do this but then I thought no fuck it I'm an artist right now I should do this I think both those are right I think you are an artist right now and that's exactly what you should be doing and I wouldn't be surprised by an artist doing something you know that an artist should be doing now at the same time I think I would understand that you'd be like no, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was curious though, you know? like you, you actually took pause. Yeah, like that's an that's an that's yeah. a, a symptom of something, yeah, right? For sure. to, to think about. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. The fact that you had to just uh, before you put out this you know blackface thing, you know, yeah, yeah. it's like, uh, but you had no doubts about what where you were coming from with it, and no. what, your, what your intentions were. Right. It wasn't mm-hmm. subversive or or negative, you know, mm-hmm. uh, wasn't negative. So. But the the idea that you know we're in this free distribution society of the internet, but you still have to mm. be like, like this could really go upside down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, and he brought up the fact that we're living in a time where people. This is like a time of no redemption. Mm-hmm. So where like somebody yeah. makes a mistake, and then That's oh, it. you got to get out. You're fired. You got to yeah. resign. It's like, yeah, damn, yeah, yeah. where's a redemption at? You know? Yeah, it's actually funny. I think somebody made a con. And please, if you're listening to this right now, nobody condones like animal brutality or anything like that. But somebody, <laughs> yesterday, yesterday I was punching on, my cat. Somebody <laughs> online had like made a comment, you know, about Michael Vick or something like this. Uh-huh. And then my my brother, I, I guess I would, I'm just mentioned that it might, was my brother responded to this, so that's why I saw it and. You know, we come from the same world where our parents taught us, like, hey, you know, people make mistakes, things go, things go wrong, mm-hmm. people go to jail, and then they should have another chance. You yes. know what I mean? And it's a huge issue with with, uh, with criminal justice right now. Mm-hmm. The fact that when somebody gets out, there's such high levels of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Recidivism. Where they, uh, yeah, recidivism, where mm-hmm. they end up back in the system because of the fact that when they get out, it's like it's set up so that there's no opportunity. It's exactly. set up so you can't vote anymore. That's All what happens, this stuff yeah. is set up. Happens. You privatize prisons for financial exactly. gain. There's exactly. no profit and healing and, and, and right. solving exactly. problems for people. Yeah, but anyway, so this person made a comment and my brother made the comment back of like, hey man, he was convicted, he did some time and now he's done. <laughs> you know? And he gets to be, you know, we he gets to move on with his life now. You yeah. know what I mean? That's how that's how the that's how the system is supposed to work mm-hmm. but it's in there's no there's no valor in just like hating on somebody you know for something that they've already you know according to our social sort of contract they've already paid the price for it yeah you know what i mean yeah they paid their price yeah <laughs> yeah know? they paid the price you can you can let it go now you know what i mean mm-hmm. that's the he's supposed to have another chance and i mean obviously if you're michael vick you're you've got you've got a lot of chances that a lot of other people wouldn't have. Oh my God, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But nonetheless, you know, it's like, let it go, y'all. I know, man. <laughs> when, did, when did all this happen? I like, don't know. When I did this... Know. But you're right, there really isn't, a, there isn't enough, like, forgiveness and, like you say, redemption, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's not... Everything's soft now, though. 
<laughs> that's, that's what I was asking Like when did that happen <laughs> When did everything Become soft serve <laughs> on, a, on a summer day like, <laughs> <laughs> Shit dripping down your hand yeah, like, What right. the fuck um, well, Here's the thing like, It's real easy actually To understand in my mind Which is to say that we're, we're, We haven't had our, uh, We haven't been threatened On our soil Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's not planes flying overhead. This is like the beginning of Red Dawn, right? Like, <laughs> like, like, if there was a war happening right outside right now, yeah. people wouldn't be concerned about whether somebody used this word at this time for you know, or people wouldn't mm-hmm. give a damn about who's emceeing an award ceremony for what reasons mm-hmm. and all this bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then we haven't had a good famine. We haven't, <laughs> we haven't had a good. We haven't had a good pandemic. No locust. Like, no locust to speak of. I know what a locust is. <laughs> Five years disaster. <laughs> but, on, on, but in general, I, I, in general, I think it's like we're having such a good experience overall. I mean, it doesn't mean there's not yeah. a, a ton to improve. It doesn't mean that like we're not mm-hmm. imminently all going to die. It doesn't mean you know yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I'm just saying things are. Like I, I remember back when 2001, 9-11 happened mm. and all that. And I remember in the years after that, like near like the first few years, I remember thinking after all of that, the only thing that I really feel like has changed in my life is that I got to take my shoes off at the airport. Damn. Yeah. You know, like, like, yeah. it, like my consciousness has been assaulted by all these, all the knowledge of what happened or yeah. seeing all the images and understanding that this is a real thing. Mm-hmm. But in terms of what my daily existence yeah. is and has been, like the only manifest difference is is taking off my shoes at the airport. Mm. Wow. So I, I don't know, I guess in, in, to loop it back, I just I feel like things got soft because people haven't been challenged on anything. And then when you see people running around like worried about artisanal this and that and everybody just, like the whole social media phenomenon, everybody... This coffee is delicious. Everybody, <laughs> it smells good. Yeah. It smells really good. But no, that, that makes sense. These pretzels are making me thirsty. That's a good, that's a, yeah. That makes total sense though. It's like major shit hasn't been going down really mm-hmm. like to where as a whole everybody's worried and right. having to deal with real shit yeah. like like in you know Kurdistan and, and things like that these people are constantly mm-hmm. under threat right um, have to be on their toes so they don't I, I bet you go over there you don't hear them talking about this type shit right. like you don't see content oh, farmers yeah. out in the street with no their, hell right. no and even if even like you know when Brian brings up 9-11 you think of all the the wars that that I mean that I would say were like excused by 9-11 you know what I mean it's mm-hmm. like okay now we can go invade these places mm-hmm. we wanted to invade in the first place regardless of how you might feel about that mm-hmm. when we did invade those places and are still there yeah. it's like there's not a draft it's not like your kid's gonna have to go you yeah. know what I mean yeah. so it's like it's not like there's a collective suffering because of these wars we're fighting the way there was in like World War II or whatever you know mm-hmm. what I mean there's it's like nobody's rationing nope. <laughs> you know what I mean nobody's growing a victory garden nah. like none of that's happening mom's not working in a factory because all the men are wow. gone yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah. it's like it's like none of that's happening it's like it's like there's certain families are bearing the all the burdens mm-hmm. you know what I mean in terms of that stuff totally and therefore, you know, we're able to have, you know, just like imperial wars all over the world. And it's like, oh, it seems like a fine idea. <laughs> you know? But if it was like, okay, no, everybody's got to give up a kid to this war effort. It'd be like, whoa, well, what are we doing? Man. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be a totally different story. Yeah, totally. Then you'll see people coming together and leaning on each other more. You yeah. know, like they yeah. were during yeah, those yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, 
yeah, yeah. During the Great Depression and all that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. People were leaning on each other. Yeah, I was looking uh, I was looking at a catalog. There's a Dorothea Lang show coming to the Frist in a few weeks, okay. right? I think it actually opens next weekend. Cool. But it's like, just this thing was just full of all of her images of like the Depression and, and, and her whole like mode of taking those photographs was like, hoping to spur like social change so that people would realize how desperate the situation was in an age before even television really Mm -hmm. you know what i mean there's like you know we don't people are writing letters pretty much and maybe there's like some kind of phone line somewhere (laughs) but it's the depression man so it's like like all this dust inside telegraph i guess there's some telegraph going on and people have cars but they're slow and they ain't no highways (laughs) so anyway so at the end of the day you know taking a, a picture that ends up published all over the country in magazines and newspapers everywhere it was like a real effective way to like get the word out and say hey these people need help yeah and it got them help you know so it's it's uh it's it's an interesting thing to think about like when things have been desperate here and you know even in tennessee like when we've had the floods and stuff i i feel like i've seen the community sort of like pull together and i've seen people really just like drop everything and volunteer and start helping mm-hmm. make things better because the neighbors are in trouble you know so i think we, we still have that in us you know what i mean and uh but you know it's 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 when things are relatively fine you know it's easy to just be you know to just be isolated and yeah. judgmental yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> totally totally it makes me think about even music industry mm-hmm. um why aren't there like groups anymore you know what happened to that yeah yeah it's like, just like yeah. self now you know right mm-hmm. i want to get the deal yeah. <laughs> I, from my understanding you know a lot of times you know like it's easier for a manager and for a label and everybody to like work with and or maybe manipulate a single person yeah. you know so there's always this effort to be like mick go solo yeah you know that sucks and <laughs> since we got the gloves on now yeah um <laughs> It was something else I was about to say about the music industry. Uh, I think so. I forgot though. It happens. It does happen. It's gonna come back. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we had we had a good conversation with, uh, or I had a good. Uh, Joe wasn't able to be here, but I had a good conversation with Mark Montgomery and Ernest Chapman about the music business and from a music tech mm-hmm. and entrepreneurial standpoint, mm-hmm. and just sort of points of view on the business. And you know, one of the callers was, uh, you know. Uh, you know Michael Shreve, who's the original drummer for Santana, and he's been doing music for fifty years. Yeah, and he's just saying like, you can't make, I can't make a like, I can't make a living. You know, uh. and it's one of these things where there's no clear answer. It's it's like you know what what their point was was uh, you know uh, kind of based on the sort of the trope that that law uh, is essentially like code, and so somebody's got to rewrite the code, um, and and so the idea is that the system is so archaic at this point Mm -hmm. and predicated on old ideas but Mm. but held to that position in order to keep the advantage in the particular people's hands yeah and it's just going to take a rewrite of of the whole basis of the of the the system because this technology is imminent and people spent the first 10 years of it happening resisting it yeah right lawsuits all that shit it was insane man i remember being here and and i you know like most people it did not occur to me that that like Napster was going to happen. It didn't occur to me that you were going to have the ability to distribute music freely mm-hmm. everywhere, right? Um, that said, it did occur to me just because I was reading some fucking magazines for a couple of years. Yeah. It occurred to me very quickly that it's like, 
you know they're really gaining on this you know entire music studio in your computer thing right <laughs> and I would tell people that and they would be laughing at me and they'd be like yeah they can never really do that though because da 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 and this and that and then I was just like no I really think it's totally going to do that in about a year and given the opportunities that I have now is probably the best time to make sure I'm as like independent as possible yes. because I'm not going to need any of this shit mm -hmm. anymore because I'm going to have it for myself by myself as myself you know what I mean that's real. and that's exactly what happened you yeah. know what I mean and it's like and, and then in the meantime there's like people freaking out all over the city you know because they just because they are just like how could it change you know what i mean mm -hmm. and it's and and like you say now those same people are trying to still be in charge of it all yeah and it's like it's like it's like a it's like a president it's like a candidate that loses who still wants to tell you that they know what's going on and it's like you lost you lost why would we listen to you <laughs> i you know, know right you sit down now yeah, and when it's over. We, we, other people are taking over mm -hmm. because your ideas failed. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. and, that, and that's how I've been feeling about the art world lately. Mm -hmm. Like I've been kicking and screaming, especially the la over the last year, mm -hmm. the last couple months, like hardcore. Where I'm tired of this shit. Where southern artists aren't getting the respect from yeah. the rest of the, like the the country and, and the world. There, man. I've oh been my reading god! The tweets. Yeah, New York. <laughs> if you New York and L.A. are the only places that do art in mm -hmm. America, mm -hmm. like. If, for anybody listening out there I don't know if y'all know that but those are the only places <laughs> yeah. that you can do art and be an artist and right. be serious Sorry about to it to disappoint everybody in Des Moines, Iowa yeah, yeah. if you're in Des Moines, nothing, Iowa nobody's making any art <laughs> you're not making art in Des Moines, <laughs> Iowa <laughs> and if you are you're gonna get locked up or something or, or, I don't or, know. Just, or look paintings of corn don't count yeah right. they exactly. don't count but it's like we're watching all this shit like for instance they um oh my god I could talk so long about this but we got um, a while man you take your time so <laughs> There's a y'all ever heard of the group for freedoms before? For freedoms, yeah. F O U R, uh, F O R. But it's based off of the four freedoms. Uh huh. Um, who did that? The, uh, Norman Rockwell. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Freedom, so like the freedom of speech portrait and like uh -huh. freedom from want and all that. All stuff. that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a group it's a political group now but it's like the first art political group yeah like uh, art Willis activist Th stuff yeah. yeah Hank Willis Thomas and this guy Eric Goldsman I believe they're the co-founders of For Freedoms uh -huh. the art political organization uh huh um, Hank Willis Thomas you know very famous artist mm -hmm. uh, sculptor and photographer uh, lives in New York so <laughs> <laughs> these dudes me and Juice were leaving a movie one day a couple months ago I get somebody dm me on instagram it was for freedoms and i'm like oh shit like we made it you know what i'm saying <laughs> uh -huh. they like we want to work with you we love to work with you da, 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 da. i was like cool instantly sent them two emails with my information dm them again never fucking heard from them again hmm. and i'm like all right whatever you know mm -hmm. it'll come back around one day yeah um so then i hit up the eric goldsman co-founder and mm -hmm. i was like hey man y'all hit me up da 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 where can I fit in? Da, da, da. He was like, oh, let's have a phone conversation in about two weeks. Two weeks came up, hit him up, nothing, you know? Uh -huh. But it's like we know they're not taking us serious. Mm -hmm. uh, the new Whitney Biennial thing. Oh, that's what I was getting at. With. Okay. Let, let me stay on the whole topic with uh, For Freedoms. Okay. So they did a 50-state initiative last year where they did 50 billboards for each well one billboard for each state supposedly or th maybe they did billboards in each state because I think it was a multiple ones in Tennessee okay 
I went and researched this. Uh, the ones they did in Tennessee. They did one in Clarksville and one in Nashville. And it's supposed to be just going along with the whole theme of what they're doing. But the artists weren't even from or reside in Tennessee. Both of the artists that they had do the billboards in Tennessee were fucking from New York. Oh, okay. Yeah. So New York artists doing billboards in our state. New York artists As doing billboards. As opposed to, have some Tennessee people do the Tennessee yeah, billboards. It's can, like, I, can I see that? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a fucking, that's one of them. And if you slide, I think I took screenshots so they're all like together and you uh-huh. see who's who and all that. But um, if you're a political organization through the arts, empower the fucking people from these places right and have them do something that they could be proud about in yeah. the state that they reside yeah. and make work in you don't bring somebody who never even stepped foot in yeah. fucking nashville right to right, do right. a billboard and they probably didn't even step foot to come see it yeah yeah you they know just what I'm designed saying? it they just designed it yeah <laughs> they and emailed it, it. right and it's like, but then it's like like this chick she's one of them mm-hmm. world city world citizen residing in new york mm-hmm. um, world citizen right I'm like, just say you live in New York, like. <laughs> just say you live in New York. Maybe that, maybe that goes back to it. World <laughs> citizen, I live in Bedstuy. You know what I'm saying? World citizen. You don't live anywhere unless you Red live in Hook. New York. Here's the other one. <laughs> and she did one. Okay. That's the one she did that was in Nashville. Mm. Uh, resides in L.A. and New York. Mm. I mean, I, I think L.A. and New York. Just sort of. Yeah. <laughs> like, the one thing I would say is sort of like a slight, <laughs> slight opposition to that or not an opposition but just sort of a different take uh-huh. to consider I think is you know, because like uh, I've worked a lot with the Nashville Walls Project okay. and uh, you know, Brian Greif has an interesting sort of take on this because when uh, you know we're right outside this big mural here. Oh yeah, the huge that, mural. That Guido did. Um, Guido Van Helton did and at first, I was, you know, this is this is my neighborhood. I've been here for a long time. I mean, mm-hmm. I've spent, I've lived in New York and other places too, but I've been in this neighborhood for the better part of the last 20 years, and I have always sort of been a fan of that, that silo structure and have documented it over the last 20 years, different photographs, whatever. And then when I found out that the district councilwoman was working with somebody to get somebody to come and paint a mural on it, it was like one of those things where it was like, Oh gosh! Like on one hand, like I'm so glad that they're gonna not tear it down or whatever. But oh Jesus, you know, like this yeah. is, like uh, this is not gonna be good. Mm-hmm. Like, it was my first thought, and then on top of that, when I found out like somebody was coming from Australia, or an Australian artist was doing, I was like, okay, that's doubly like sort of uh, raising my 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 ire on this because it's like this is our, our neighborhood. So why is this person coming from Australia, right? Yeah, and then. Uh, and I was like, well, either way, it's happening. I can't control it. So, I, you know, I was involved in the documentation of the process. Mm-hmm. And so I got to meet the artist right away. And then it, and immediately I started to understand that he had this process where he really integrates into the community. And this is mm-hmm. sort of like, his, this is what he does all over the world. Like he'll come from wherever, in, enter into a neighborhood or, or a situation, take a week to sort of learn in a very organic kind of way, mm-hmm. you know, just like, just let me just walk around. Like, don't tell me where to go. And like, he'll do like little meetups and things, but generally mm-hmm. he's just kind of like feeling stuff out. It's part of, and then he just photographs people and gets to meet people mm-hmm. and talks to sort just, of informally interviews them and stuff, right? Yeah. He just kind of yeah. like sees random old lady on the street. Okay. Hey, what's your name? What's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, tell me like, how long have you been here? You know, you kind of get real quick into the sort of uh, roots of the community. Yeah. 
and find out who's what and all this and then that's how he ended up getting to St. Luke's Community House and then figuring out that this uh, you know old man Leestus uh, 90 he's gonna be 93 on Saturday as a matter of fact mm-hmm. um, but anyway the point is just I was so against it in principle based on exactly what you're saying Mm -hmm. but then when I got to see like how he was doing Mm -hmm. what he was doing it's definitely different than like I'm phoning in a a Photoshop file from New York to get pressed on a billboard in a place I've never been right you know so I think that there are ways that outside you know but uh, the other part I wanted to bring up was just that Brian had a great uh, Brian Greif from the National Walls Project had a great perspective on this that sort of enlightened me a little bit where he said well you know don't you want like, like I'm bringing international artists in and then the local artists get upset but these local artists are A, working with and supporting you know the international artists and so there's this kind of exchange and kind of a knowledge share and an interesting sort of interaction that happens that way mm-hmm. and you know like especially if the you know quote unquote bigger names or, or whatever you want to call it more rena- like international renowned people come in right. it really sets the stage for the, the local people to sort of elevate uh, in those respects too you know and then the you know I'm sure that if you if somebody from Nashville was asked to go do something in Tel Aviv you'd be like I'm gonna go do that I'm gonna do that yeah, yeah. Right. so like there's a weird you know there's levels to it I guess is my point yeah. <laughs> but in principle and in kind of this billboard thing you, you're you're showing me and, and showing us and looking at that seems pretty whack yeah but I appreciate <laughs> you like clearing that mm-hmm. walls project up a little bit you mm-hmm. know because I think that's something that a lot of people probably didn't know that mm-hmm. that, that artist did take the time to go in talk to people meet people yeah yeah like that's kind important of, it's, it's the kind of thing that you do when you do your community yes, projects you totally. know what I mean and I know that you that you have good you know good faith in the way that you approach those things mm-hmm. do you want to talk a little bit about the, the grant you got and I'll talk a little bit yeah. about that project yeah we can uh, talk so about this that. is like this is I thought this was the new news but you've already got a whole TV <laughs> network evidently that you started since I interviewed you in yeah. January. <laughs> yeah, so we got the um got the Thrive Grant from Metro Arts. Mm-hmm. Just got confirmed last right. week. And that's an award that Metro Arts Department gives gives to uh community based uh creative place making yes. art projects. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And there's three I think it's like three levels of funding. Mm-hmm. One is like three thousand, the other one is I think five thousand. And then it's, a, it's another one, a little bit more. I'm not gonna tell y'all because mm-hmm. yeah, somebody nice. it's, like, I was I was like I didn't know they had a big one like that. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. And yeah. I think um, as an individual artist, is that where is, you got the Bentley that you rolled up in? Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I meant to drive the Honda. That's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> my, my <laughs> low profile Honda. I created, yeah. I created these dioramas in a shoe box, a Nike box. Exactly. But I got a Bentley. I got yeah. a Bentley, man. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I could do some cost cutting. That's right. You know, the, I couldn't find the keys to the Honda today, so mm-hmm. I just had to grab the first thing I, I, yeah. I could, I could mm-hmm. see. But we've all been there. <laughs> but seriously, so, I was happy to hear that you got that grant because, like, you. when when I did uh, interview you last month, one of the things we talked about was how your how like the grant writing had been something that had been successful for you and something that was helping to keep your projects rolling. So getting yes. another grant's obviously a good thing. Oh, it's a great yeah. thing, man. And, you know, I, I, I kind of got into that game through uh, Courtney Adele Johnson. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she's my art partner and um, f- since I graduated Watkins. Mm-hmm. And we've really been going strong, doing all kind of projects. And we started off from a grant that she got from Metro Arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how we started our whole 
residency program at Magruder Center. Mm. So, so you have an artist in residency program at, yes. uh, at a former school building in North Nashville that's now a community center that has all sorts of services and things oh, there. Yeah. And you guys also work with artists there and then you they do, and you're an artist in residency mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I just, I want to keep all this clear for the people who live in right, Iowa. Right, right. They're living in Iowa painting cornfields. I, <laughs> I had to explain how it works here in Nashville. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and we just wrapped up a grant from UT that mm-hmm. we got last year. Oh, cool. Uh, that wrapped up in December. And this one, they kept telling me, apply for Thrive, apply for Thrive. Because mm-hmm. th- I think the Thrive one was, it was a different set of like um, things you had to do. Mm-hmm. Other, it, it was a little bit more for the artist, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you can come in and get this thing. You got better eyes to get it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was actually like my fifth or sixth time yeah. applying for something uh-huh. and never got the rest of them. But they, the team at Metro Arts like walked me through and, and yeah, just helped me. That's you know? the way to do it, man. Exactly. Yeah. Like they wanted me to get this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so basically got the funds coming and we're going to do a community cookbook that's based off of recipes from people from mm-hmm. the community all over Nashville. Mm-hmm. So I want to do different cultures, different ages, um, just all kind of demographics. Yeah, that's right. And have these in the book and um, probably wrap, put in some of their stories that we collect along the way. Uh, if maybe somebody's a poet. One of the chefs is a poet or something like that. Maybe we'll put their poetry in there. And mm-hmm. I plan on doing my own artwork uh, original artwork in there too tying it in there but I think it's something that can empower the community mm-hmm. and I also want to bring in Extended Play Prince who I was going to ask yeah, yeah. I, I talked to them the other night uh, during the art crowd David mm-hmm. and I want to bring them in and partner with them to press these books up and publish them mm-hmm. rather than going off on the internet uh-huh. or having you know somebody wow I just want to yeah. empower the community and you've done yeah. how many books have you done with David so far I've just done the one? one yeah Skull Microwave a Skull Microwave which yeah. sounds like a cookbook oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it also sounds like a band that I want to be in <laughs> Skull Microwave t-shirts coming soon for that oh is that true up. yeah oh that's awesome I'm like hey, doing them. Don't, I'm gonna wear right. it to the airport okay oh my god <laughs> be careful when you got anything with Skull Microwave at the airport <laughs> <laughs> you might get brought it to the back room for yeah, a little yeah. bit yeah you know? that's right so i'm excited to do this project the cookbook situation and uh just trying to think of ways to how i could offer it for resale for the people who contribute to it because mm-hmm. i'm like oh i see yeah, yeah that's cool i want i want it to be like something that maybe these things do go for sale and then they could be funded yeah that's yeah. cool mm-hmm. oh like sort of like an affiliate program or something for it like like if i if i contributed a recipe in a poem or whatever mm-hmm. which i i, I won't because i can't write poetry <laughs> and i can't cook uh that well um but you're saying that you want to be able to sort of help uh enable them to be able to sort of monetize it in some yeah. way and continue its sort of additions yes or, i see totally what i'm saying yeah mm. that's so. that's awesome I, I like the idea of you know I hate the word sustainable, but sustainable. No, totally, yeah. yeah. That's exactly what the, the thought process was. It mm-hmm. was like, how can we make something that it, it fosters sustainability? Mm-hmm. And, and it provides value in the sense that it's it's actually fundamentally useful. Mm-hmm. And it's right. and it's uh you know, it's not a one and done thing that's just got a bunch of lights on you. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And I'm a Leo and we love lights, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 but but I, I do 
especially just the last couple of years, it's something special about being able to empower somebody else mm-hmm. and the light's not always on me. I, I actually enjoy that. Like, mm-hmm. It's cool. I like seeing other people shine. Mm-hmm. I really do. It's a joy of mine. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, uh, I got a quick question uh, that came in that I want to run by you from a, uh, you know, we have this uh, voicemail. Oh, yeah. If anybody wants to leave questions, uh, just follow us on Twitter. How you many questions that do we have? Uh, we have 196 <laughs> questions. So oh get my ready. God! I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, but uh, here's here's the first one. I'm, only, I'm not going to tell you anything about it. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty pretty straight ahead. Good question. Here we go. Okay. Hi, I had a question about the importance of making a statement with your piece of art. Um, is it important? that there is deep meaning behind what you're creating or are you just creating to create thank you Mm, good question uh i would definitely have to say pretty much everything i do has to have some type of story some type of meaning Mm -hmm. and and different layers of depth to it Mm -hmm. uh i don't just make stuff for visual aesthetic Mm. i make it to be like okay you're getting something visually out of it but then there's backstories there's something to learn there then there's once you learn whatever that thing is that you learn or take away from my work then you have the opportunity to go teach it to somebody else or share it to somebody else Mm -hmm. yeah but i think i think a little bit the way i kind of heard the question a little bit was sort of like do you feel like you need to make a statement like you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. sort of on a platform or assert some sort of a, a message so i mean i think you can do things there's like what you're describing i feel like is sort of that point in between of course you're doing something with some sort of impetus or point or reason but i guess on a like slightly higher level of assertion with the work are you uh do you feel like it has to sort of you know make a statement yes yeah yeah. like an exclamation Mm. point type situation yeah (laughs) Yeah. i I think so because like for one one, i'm coming from mississippi yeah uh i'm an artist of color and i live in the south Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have to make a statement. <laughs> I, like, I have yeah, to stamp like that down. Exclamation point! Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, because of those things, I might have observed just a few <laughs> passing trends in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to. That's interesting. I think what like if I can if I can interrupt the questions oh, yeah, for a yeah. second. Like what like back to what we were just talking about the idea that it feels like the art establishment and the art publishing world and stuff like ignores the 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 South. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In addition to everything but New York and LA. Yep. Um, uh, how much of it has to do with that? How much of it has to do with... If 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 there are artists here who feel the way you feel, does mm-hmm. that have something to do with the fact that they get ignored? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it, it, it sounds like a reason to pay attention. And if, and if, and if it's not catching... If it's not catching your attention, is it because you're trying to, like, keep it away? You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. It, it feels like that sometimes. Yeah. It feels like... I think these people see our work and they 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 could be like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It might like you were saying about the music industry, uh, being feeling threatened because the system is changing. Uh-huh. I think that's a lot to do with it too. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think these people see us and they're like, wow, that's really good, impactful work. It's deep. It's whatever. It's accessible. People it's, can yeah. see it without us getting in the way of it. Right. You know. But it's, if 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 the if the masses catch on to it, it's going to threaten our position. Mm-hmm. So therefore, they keep us at bay. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I, I agree with that. And I also think to go back to that question from the voicemail, 
I took an adage from Joe Lewis, and he mm. was talking about how that's why he wanted to knock everybody out because uh-huh. he didn't want to leave it up to the ref. Uh-huh. So it's like let's make knockout shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. not leaving in somebody else's hands. Yeah. It's like Who's gonna screw, we're champions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't let the I can't give them a chance to corrupt this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know because they're not gonna let me win. You know what no, I mean? Not unless, at all. I, unless somebody's laying down. Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like when you were playing like the Lakers back in the day, or like Shaq and Kobe. You would have to beat them by in the playoffs. You would have to beat them by. You'd have to be up by like 25 points <laughs> yes. with a minute left in the fourth quarter if you were gonna have a chance because the, <laughs> the refs and the NBA and the whatever. Oh my god! It was you know it was just like oh yeah. here we go here yeah. we go. Yeah. It's like playing the Patriots. Oh. <laughs> and we know what happens when you play them. Like your ass is gonna lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I have a feeling who's gonna win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. And then at what point do we even catch up? And, and put our foot down on the sports world like <laughs> the Saints if I, I I haven't watched football since the whole Kaepernick shit uh-huh. but like the Saints is still my home team I'm uh-huh. from down there by Biloxi Mississippi yeah that's cool that's the only football team we got in that uh-huh. perimeter that's the home team uh-huh. they robbed them this year like uh-huh. what the fuck how they get away with this shit uh, yeah. man it, I don't get it yeah I don't know <clears throat> a friend of mine was uh uh, hitting me up about like the college team that I grew up around was Wake Forest back in North uh-huh. Carolina basketball where I came from you know mm-hmm. that culture and they just they had Duke last night apparently I don't watch college basketball but mm-hmm. basically it was like a last second shot that just rolled out yeah and like I come from like a you're a Detroit person Joe mm-hmm. so you understand what it's like to lose all yeah, the time yeah <laughs> And so, yeah, uh, did you like th- it? Right, the lions. So, <laughs> so, but that was the thing. Is like, yeah. I was like, yeah, this is this is just you know, I'm used to this. Yeah, like, this yeah. is this is what happens. Mm-hmm. But uh, but uh, but yeah, just like the whole idea that um, you have to. You should have rooted for the Tar Heels. Uh, <laughs> that can't happen. Yeah. But, That's rough. But, side note: I just think it's weird. Like now, I'm, I'm in my 40s, right? It, it starts to get weird when you're watching college sports because you're like that that could be like a kid that I don't know about that's mine mm-hmm. you know what I mean these kids <laughs> that's interesting 18 yeah, years old some like, ch- these some are kids like when I was 18 yeah. I was a moron yeah uh-huh. and then they're out there doing what they're doing and they, they yeah. score 26 points and 10 rebounds but they miss a last second shot and s- people my age are like screaming at their television <laughs> like, oh like kicking things wow. you know like, it seems weird so it's kind of like the yeah. next level of like the, the mom at right the little league freshman. game like yeah. kicking over yeah. lawn chairs you know yeah. with an 8 year old kid you know the uh-huh. guy that's weird got caught a strike on or something so it's just yeah. it's a weird thing for me like as I get older watching yeah. college sports I think sports in general are pretty weird when you get too serious about them you know like i don't even i don't really even follow pro football i i i you know because i am a lions fan i just pretty much don't follow <laughs> yeah. it but, but um the uh, emptiness but, is the same but i way. do like i do like to watch college sports um like college football mostly mm-hmm. and i'll watch basketball during like the tournament you know what i mean yeah but um but for the most part i like that stuff because it's like it's like more it's like fun because there's still like school spirit and all this oh, kind of yeah. stuff and i mean i know there's it's complicated but generally speaking it just feels different because they're not playing for money you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying so it's it's just different and and it seems like especially in football like wilder it's a looser wilder game and all of a sudden it's like triple reverse you get a touchdown you know what i mean yeah. and it's like in pro football it's like someone would have died <laughs> because <laughs> because it's just too tight you know what i mean mm-hmm. no but you can't get away with this kind of stuff. it's like so precise you know and i know that's appealing in a way but to me it's it's more appealing when it's like 
some wild shit could just happen. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Hell yeah. So, so I, yeah, so and I, so I just feel like it's. I don't want to take. I don't know, man. I would get in a sports discussion. I'm taking. Yeah, it. It, looks, <laughs> it happens to the best of us, but yeah. uh, that, but that, honestly, that's why I, th- I think I like uh, fighting so much and watching mm. fights because it's just you have the opportunity for that kind of clarity more. It doesn't mean it's not riddled with problems and yeah. referee issues yeah. or like, judging issues or corrupt yeah. commissions and all the mm-hmm. things. But in the spirit of what you're talking about, Joe Lewis, like you have the opportunity to make this so Very incredibly clear. decisive. <laughs> yeah. It's not on a clock in the sense that yeah. like you can be up winning by this much, but then you got to wait for, you, know, you got to figure out a way to, you know, yeah. cause how many times you're watching one of your teams or whatever. And it's like, yeah, quit playing not to lose. You got to yeah. just like, you yeah. got like, you yeah, win. didn't yeah. get this lead. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, where do you? Yeah. Totally. And in yeah. fighting totally. a lot of times, I mean, in boxing, you'll see some strategizing like that. And it, I mean, really in good MMA, if you know what you're looking at, you will see that too. You'll sure. see a guy Stall. realizing it's like, I need to rest more than I need to risk getting hit right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I'm yeah. t- I got to chill. So, I got to figure out a way to get a little bit chill time. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like Ali's like tying you up. You know, <laughs> what's the you know? thing? But, but in the meantime, in general, it's like you gotta you like you just gotta keep going because yeah. it's like there isn't you can't just like sit on the ball. Mm. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You, know? you gotta keep mashing. What'd you say? What, what got? Oh, uh, Tyrone Willie got dogged. Oh, oh man, yeah, 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 I watched yeah, yeah, yeah. it the other night. And I was I surprised. Was like, I, I had I was picking Tyrone because I think I, I feel yeah. like people don't. I feel like people were just getting around where it's like it felt like the mainstream was starting to say, no, this guy's really a fucking genius, which of course he is. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it sucks that that's the one that he had to lose on because it felt like he was just about to turn the corner. Yeah. You know, in terms of like mass popularity or something. I think so. But I thought he looked really tight. I mean, I thought he looked like, it's like, did he have like a hard weight cut or anything because he looked small? His eyes were half open. Yeah, he looked tired, man. That's true too. He looked tired and then he didn't fight like we know that he usually like does. explosive yeah, yeah that crazy like mm-hmm. explosion but, but, you know, <laughs> but people you know like fighters will talk about though like this thing that happens mm-hmm. where like if you have a, a a big adrenaline dump then you can't recover from it Damn. like where you're you're yeah. sitting there like I'm standing in front of this guy I've, I'm seeing openings but I, I'm sending the signals from my brain to my limbs to do certain yeah. things and it's just not there yeah there's just something that just doesn't happen I yeah. feel like there's a lot of componentry to that experience that we just cannot even right yeah. understand yeah mm-hmm. uh, you know that's unique to that kind of a, a yeah. situation that like preparing for that moment so that you at that right at that time you're like optimum and it felt like Usman was kind of optimized oh, he, he seemed pretty optimized he pulled out he was doing everything like I didn't even know you could foot stomping in the man. and I was like damn you tearing his feet up right now like he was pulling Man. it all out. Yeah. yeah. And he kept hitting him with the shoulder and all yep. that stuff. The rib shots, when they were um, clenched up, it was just like super rib shots, oh. all kind the of stuff. The weirdest thing about it, too, is that the next fight was the Jones Smith fight, and it was exactly the same kind of play. It, it was. Out. It was just like, yeah, this guy's right. got nothing. He's frozen. He can't do anything. Yeah. And then both of the, uh, in the same way that uh, Usman sort of big brothered Woodley. Mm hmm. Jones obviously just you know like yeah. he had him down and was just you know covering his face yeah where he can't breathe yeah yeah just, yeah like every other little layer of it, it was total Big Brother it just reminded yeah. me of like yeah, my, my brother came where it's like <laughs> you're not defending yourself anymore uh, you know uh-oh. what I mean you're <laughs> yeah. just trying not to get knocked out at their point like um I the what you call it disappointed me though um. Triple G and Canelo. No, oh, uh, yeah, that was such a rob fist. I think like, the first fight, come on, a draw. I right. yeah, yeah, yeah. We we got you. Yeah, and you bring us back for the second one. Yeah, 
I wish Gennady would have like pressed him a little harder or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't walk out of there with him it on a decision. It feels like Canelo is know? the people is like the one the promoters want to promote. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, you know we're from, and I like him, but I but I for me like you know like Golovkin is like I I just like to see. I like to see his kind of fighting. I do too. I do too. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's something about it. But he got a hard test coming up with Daniel mm. Jacobs, though. Mm. Like Daniel Jacobs almost took Gennady. He almost when beat is, Gennady. When will that fight be? Um, Cinco de Mayo, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah Cinco de Mayo. I okay, think so. Cool. It's either the day before or it's that. It makes sense that they would do it on Cinco de Mayo. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, because I think he fought Triple G the first time uh-huh. on Cinco de Mayo. I think I want to go down to uh, that Plaza Mariachi because they'll show fights there. Oh. And if you go down there, like on Cinco de Mayo, when that fight's going on, I mm-hmm. bet you it's going to be crazy. Oh, it's going to be nuts! <laughs> it's going to be nuts. Yeah, Is, that's not the one. What's the place behind Hooters on uh, in Antioch? Mm-mm. This is like on Nolansville Pike, right? Okay. That big, I think it used to be like a Kroger Plaza or something. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm they, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've got the restaurant there. And uh, and, and I, I think I think my buddy JP, who lives down in that neighborhood, has gone to watch fights there before. Okay. So I think it's the kind of thing where like they're kind of into like showing the fights there. Okay. Yeah. Whatever that place is in Antioch. Uh-huh. Behind the Hooters, uh-huh. I went there like three times for fights. What? It, okay. I yeah. forgot the name of it, but when I tell you, that's a a Mexico. You will get your guts cut out. Like, <laughs> I mean, that motherfucker. Like, how did we end up in here? Like, they treated us good. You know what I'm that's saying? That's cool. But you don't want to make a wrong move in that spot. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. That's where the plugs went. The killers, <laughs> I'm talking about. And it was a free thing. You yeah. just go in, just go there, watch some the drinks, yeah, get, get some, some beers. Food. That's cool. So they man. treated us good, but yeah. you could get your throat slid in that place, man. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful. I think real. Plaza Mariachi is a little more like family friendly. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. This place is like a small place. With uh-huh. a huge screen, right? In there. Like a neighborhood place too. Like probably everybody knows everybody. I think so. They're all from right there. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean, though. There's always that one thing you see it in the news, right? You're like, why did somebody get shot at three in the afternoon at some, <laughs> some place like this? And you're like, oh, because it's that, it's that it's kind that of place. place. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. M- it's MS 13 graffiti all around oh, the area. Shit, and shit. Really? Okay. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. Uh-huh. That's why he looking at me like this. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. How can you? How, what are the identifiers or stylistic yeah. uh, sort of cues for MS 13 graffiti? I'm, yeah, they yeah, straight up. The ones I saw was straight up MS thirteen. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I was like, I took your word for it. <laughs> no coded language here. Uh-uh. I think it was like some pitchforks too. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I. It's funny because like it, it's weird the way graffiti works with like with like that in gang culture and just graffiti culture because there's like so many times where it's like. Uh, I got a photo of uh, of a um, an old phone booth on uh, Lebanon Pike. I remember that. And, okay, yeah, yeah, and it's one, mm-hmm. and it says "Trust Jesus," <laughs> and then it has like a star of David, like what I would consider to be like a Jewish symbol, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny in this way because it's like somebody with this like Christian message, and then this star of David, which is which makes sense, but it's also kind of weird. It's a sort of like a weird mix of Judaism <laughs> and Christianity. But then it turns out that there's gangs that also use mm-hmm. the star of David as their own thing and it's like I don't know what I'm looking at is this just some weird like Christian southern graffiti you know (laughs) or is this a gang graffiti I have no idea or did somebody write trust Jesus and somebody else did the star I don't even know you don't even know (laughs) well that that segues nicely into this next uh, round of questions here so uh, we'll just uh, um, it's three questions (laughs) in one call I'm just gonna let them all play but just keep track of what they all are and then answer them all perfectly gotcha All right. 
question for Malos is, what is the artist's responsibility to the viewer, if any? Second question is, do you think society overvalues the celebrity and why? Third question is, why do people bury their photographer or anyone that aided in the creation of whatever they post at the very bottom of the post? Why do you think people do that? Thanks. So, all right. So, first, we're talking about responsibility to the viewer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the responsibility to the viewer as an artist? Yeah. If any, he said. If any. Yeah. Um, for myself, the responsibility is telling the truth, mm. uh, relaying stories, and in my work also like paintings I would say giving you enough to unpack Mm. on like in my mind I think daily basis Mm. so for instance if if you have one of my pieces I want you to be able to go to that piece to that painting every day and maybe see something new even if you're just spending two minutes looking at it but within those two minutes every other day or maybe you look at it once a month I want you to find something new, mm-hmm. a new element in it. So I think that's my responsibility to, the, to them, to give you something that's more than what you see at first glance. Yeah. So I think that's that's my responsibility to them. And then tell, share stories that maybe um, I've witnessed personally or people that I know have witnessed because I think those stories are important as neighbors I think they're important and they could also help somebody else prevent certain mistakes in their life. Uh, so that's another one. Uh, what so I that, say that's, a, that's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, that's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. I, I don't want to shortchange the viewers at all. Mm-hmm. I want everything to like aid and assist in your life in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas Joe over here is just like, I just want to blow their mind. <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> I just like beautiful things. <laughs> That's pretty true, actually. So, <laughs> the second part of it was in about, I guess, uh, something around uh, celebrity culture. Oh, do do they... Um, is, uh, is celebrity culture overvalued? Yeah. Oh, yeah. To some extent, I think. I guess you gotta always ask, like, damn, why is it important to know what's going on in the Kardashians' life? Why is that important yeah. to us? But then on the other end, you're like, um, I don't know. It's or even do you feel like sometimes with artists that it's like, you know, uh, the it's not necessarily the person with the strongest work that gets noticed. It's the person with the the with the personality or something like that. You yeah. know what I mean? A yeah. lot of times. I mean, it's kind of both, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think that kind of goes back to the conversation that we were having about New York and L.A. artists. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like bashing them at all sure. I, I wouldn't do that and but it's just like even with the new Whitney Biennial roster you know first of all that's plagued anyway because mm-hmm. the, the whole chairman on the board who, who has the company that makes like tear gas and stuff mm-hmm. that they were using on people at the border mm-hmm. like there's one artist that dropped out of the Whitney Biennial because of that fact mm-hmm. so that's already one like the issue going on yeah. but I went and looked at the roster that they just released like a week ago 90% New York LA mm. so but these are people that are known you mm. know and in those circles 
So I think, yeah, that definitely has something to do with it. And people do put a lot of emphasis on uh, the celebrity factor of it all. Mm -hmm. Just still trying to figure that out, I think. But it's, it's, it's something that people have always done, right? Though, right. Because like Warhol's work was based around that. I'm, a lot well, I'm of, talking like go back, 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 back. I mean, like way before uh, that. Any, you know, uh, just it's, it just seems like even mythology was sort of in the absence of some of these these things uh -huh. was sort of creating some. Like we've always had something that has driven us to have an. Uh, aspirational sort of characters mm -hmm. yeah and there's yeah. something i think there's something primordial about that it just gets like now we're just at a point of such bastardization of that yes. that it's really hard to get yourself out of like yeah, yeah. Like, like the you know uh like like every single thing that i know about the kardashians i've never wanted to know <laughs> I, i'm like one of the last people like i had to ask somebody this is just for real about three months ago i was like will somebody just tell me who the fuck is cardi b because <laughs> um, I'm, 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 I see this. I'm, I'm, I'm slammed with all this, but I don't know who you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying there's not like legit stories or interesting twists on artistic takes within that realm or whatever. Yeah, you're right, Joe. Yeah, I'm just stretching my neck. Oh. <laughs> I was like, man. I mean, I can stop. I can stop talking about Cardi B. You know, him wincing. He like, you lost me with Cardi B. No, no, no. Hey, but that makes sense, though. I got and smashed in my head last night. Oh damn! <laughs> oh my god, that's brutal. It's but right. <laughs> I, I do like it to some extent too. Like for instance, I miss the idea of Hollywood starlets. I think that's gone now, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you, who do you have? Um, what were some of those old actresses? Um, yeah, like, like Marlene uh, Dietrich and yeah, all of them. Lana yeah. Turner. Yeah. It's like <laughs> Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> yeah. All of them. Uh it's another one. What was the the Dorothy Dandridge mm. who was in uh Carmen. Like mm -hmm. she was like an equivalent to Marilyn Monroe, you mm -hmm. know, uh a black woman. And mm -hmm. but what happened to these that type mm -hmm. of it's like they, they just refreshing and everything now. Mm -hmm. Every movie that comes out it's a new person and they really don't last long they last for like a movie or two mm -hmm. and then they're out the door like all the people that played Superman since Christopher Reeve none of them lasted <laughs> even in Hollywood yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. last you know yeah and I kind of miss that thing you know I think that what you're you're getting to I think there's a lack of just uh like the idea of that anybody can be a mainstay on, on any level yeah. in any part of it is kind of a fleeting yeah it's it's less i mean i, I think well, i mean look at it right like we, it used to be we had three channels it used to be we, you know people <laughs> went to the movies to see movies and that was it so there was just a much smaller amount of things happening and being made and less media outlets and less everything mm -hmm. and then now it's just like wildly exponential and okay that, you know like like a uh, the option fatigue I get just looking at like where what can I watch on Netflix it just becomes like I don't I don't know like what this is and they're doing their best to try to through the UI try to like mm -hmm. sort of guide you or categorize things or really limit what you see which is a lot of what people like don't like about Netflix right. which I get like like why can't I just have like an index of everything that's on Netflix that's yeah. sortable by conventional IMDB type of categorizations yeah you can't do that but at the same time I get why they do it right so and they've got some weird algorithm behind it or whatever but the point is just there's so much more shit now yeah and so I think that in general there's just a uh, a lack of uh, singularity now to have uh, these figureheads uh -huh. um, but mm -hmm. in terms of like so maybe that's uh, I don't know uh, every, every 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 culture has its heroes and 
yeah I, I think it's just something that's that's native but i i do think that there are some pretty reprehensible examples of aspirational people (laughs) yeah it's weird it's almost like they it's like almost like a lot of those old stars you know even though it was largely hypocritical like those stars like represented like you know like good uh, good american people or something you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. and there would have to be all this you know like damage control to make sure that like it all appeared good you know even though you're actually a lesbian and blah 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 (laughs) Uh like that had to all be covered up because we're going to represent these values or something and now it's like it's just sort of like crazy it's like are you're like a crazy drug addict and you are famous like yeah. awesome you can have a show uh-huh. <laughs> so, know, yeah. if it's like totally chaotic then that's fine yeah. you know what I mean yeah, somebody, that'll make good television hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are seeking train wrecks at all turns right. yeah, and the, last, the last part of this was about sort of um, the tendency for photography credits to get buried I suppose that they were talking about maybe Instagram or something uh, yeah in the comment section yeah. on Instagram yeah uh, I never I don't, uh, by the way, like I've had countless times where I haven't been credited at all, you know, at all for things I've done mm. across every medium, you mm. know, things that like if, if, if I would have been credited properly, like I, the quote unquote exposure, like things that went out on channels that are, you know, millions, you mm-hmm. know, or whatever. And I didn't get that benefit. So I've had that happen a lot. And then, uh, but I think that specifically what the caller was saying was sort of like buried, like sort of um, not necessarily non-existent, but sort of not leading with that. Right. Yeah, so it's like on Instagram, maybe he's talking about the fact that you'll have like maybe a line or two you can see and then you have to click to read the rest of a comment oh. if it's a long comment. Mm-hmm. So he's maybe he's saying, why isn't it right there at the top so that people see who took the photo and then say what you want to say? Right. Maybe. I, yeah, I think I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's a really good point that I haven't thought about in that context. Mm-hmm. Now I am. And mm-hmm. now I'm like, wow. I think I'm gonna try that now. Mm-hmm. From now on, is is because it would get buried. Yeah, I, p- people probably don't read all the text, you know. No, mm-hmm. and uh, I do that myself. I put say what I'm gonna say, and then I put the photography. Yeah, credit. I think there's also I think there's just a, a formality to it of the idea of like, like in a magazine or something, you'd see a photo with a photo credit, and I think that it's it's you know and there's probably a caption before the photo credit. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think that we all have that structure in our brain. So it it seems like the way to do it in a way you yeah. know but but given the way instagram actually works maybe they have a point that it should come first yeah and i think i'm yeah. gonna try that too yeah i really appreciate that uh whoever the caller was because yeah. that's something i didn't i never thought about it like that uh-huh and and i guess we write posts how we write them mm-hmm. um personally just thinking about the viewer's attention span mm-hmm. so it's like let me put what i'm gonna say first <laughs> right and, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. i don't i don't honestly i don't see i mean, as long as I get credit, yeah, I don't care. Like, I'm not. I don't. I don't want so much credit that I want to be in front of what the artist's uh, contextual offering is about what is being presented that I didn't actually materially make. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I would yeah. never assert myself as a photographer to be like, hey, I just, you know, like uh, I, just, I took a picture of this giant mural that you did. Um, so before you get into the, you know, the, the artistic impetus for it to share with your audience that is your audience, mm-hmm. I need everybody first to know that this was me that took this picture. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's kind of mm-hmm. bullshit. Okay. Well, it sounds like you too. It sounds like, you know, you're making the point also that, you know, lots of people, photographers and otherwise, you know, have their stuff borrowed and taken and used all the time. And it's like, 
if I could just get the credit, that would be a big step in the right oh, direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it honestly, doesn't solve the problem anyway because what happens is people uh, pull screenshot stuff or pull it off, and then they repost it, and then change it, all of the all of contextual them. information yeah. or comments or whatever. And so then I don't know. There's there's no you know beyond uh, like I'll never the one thing I just don't do is watermark because uh, oh, yeah. just I don't know. There's just something about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Whenever I see people with like a huge ass like watermark, I just yeah. I don't know why. I, even though I'm, I fully understand why, and I agree. Like people shouldn't be uncredited for mm. their work, and people shouldn't steal copyrighted material. And da, 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 da. Yeah. I'm also kind of like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. And there's also like the kind of thing of like, it's like, well, this is like backed up on my hard drives, and there's time codes and everything else. And if yep. something yeah. ever came down where yeah. somebody stole something and was trying to sell it, it's like. I could prove that's my image. You Easy. know what I mean? I don't need to be like... <laughs> you know? But also, like, to sort of weave it into that, that sort of uh, note that's been playing in around the sort of musical and in- music industry conversation mm-hmm. uh, and sort of the eminence of technology. Like, we're here. We're in the land of proliferation endlessly of images that are being consumed mm-hmm. at an all-time rate, disposably, um, wrongly, you know, uh, whatever. And we're still trying to put these arcane sort of st- yeah, like gallery or sort of, uh, credit kind of, you know, it's like, you know what, this, this ship is sailed, man. The shit mm-hmm. is the wild West. It's out of control. Yeah. And like, yeah, you know, that's it, one of the things that I try to do, like in terms of like, so change your model. Like, yeah. Like if you're like, like figure out a way to make that work for you as opposed right. to resisting it. Yeah. And it's like a thing too of like, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're some, if, if there's an opportunity to make a lot of money on a photograph or on a painting or something like that, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like, well, for me, it's like, well, this is the only way to do that anyway is like for this to be like a limited numbered edition with a signature, da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is somebody else going to go to all that trouble? They can just, you know, they just took my photo and put it online and didn't give me credit for it or something. It's like, okay, well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> where, where, where you really went, and I've only experienced this a few times, but it, it, I realized like the way to get past it is is this: like, do your shit and do it well and do it so decisively and so clearly like in your style and in your way Mm. and and just do it and then what happens is you have some kind of an audience big or small but you have some kind of an audience and then those people will actually police for you they'll Mm. come back and say you know what i saw yeah like people hit me up all the time like is this your video like somebody hit me up with something the other day i'm like yep x is using some video of mine for some other thing uh-huh. they're like is this yours i'm like yeah they're like did they pay you for it i'm like no they hit the first Dang. time not the second time yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, but the thing is is that while that sort of sucks on a small scale what it, what it means to like to me i just saw that as like a signal path of like a feedback loop of like that's where you want to be mm-hmm. because ultimately it just means your style is going to be so uh, distinctive gr- yeah like you're gonna grow that to be you know uh, more pervasive in such a way that that people you know if somebody was you know uh, you know taking a whatever like a Banksy or some some sort of imminent popular mm. imagery like that you know some sort of Banksy piece people would all the people that love that stuff will go and police for yeah, it yeah, right yeah Mm. so right. to me like that's that's where you want to get as uh-huh. opposed to like worrying about so it's, it's almost watermark, like watermark my digital watermark so it's almost like st- <laughs> steal my shit then that's fine you know like try it or whatever mm-hmm. um, but at the same time I, I come from you know sample culture and yeah. and there there are the recontextualization of existing media is a different argument but just straight up mm-hmm. taking something 
and then saying that it's yours. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there are slight that, gradations. Yeah, and that's not you know? the, it's different. It, it's a huge difference when you're when you're saying, "Look what I did," as yeah. opposed to like, "Look at this thing I did with a bunch of stuff other people did." You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, that's a totally different thing. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know, I, I, but but I agree with you. I mean, a lot of that stuff, like like you're saying, the photo watermarks and stuff. I mean, they they seem futile first of all, but they also seem kind of like 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 you're. Like if you're using this like stodgy old tool, it implies that you don't even understand how useless it is. Yeah, <laughs> especially like the reason why I don't do it is because people uh, will just crop them out when they steal uh, it, yeah. and then the composition's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I would rather you steal it and it, it look looks right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then butcher the whole damn thing. Yeah. Uh, but I, and then I will say, I for them, I think I pretty much ninety nine percent of the time I give whoever takes a photo or does a video for me I get them full credit for yeah. doing it like I make sure it's posted on there Yeah, tag tag them in the photo video mm-hmm. whatever call so, their mom call their mom uncle hey yeah. uncle I just <laughs> got them on this thing yeah, uh-huh. like, yeah so I, I don't think I don't know why some people do it but yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. so I got uh, one, one more quick little kind of uh, utterance of a question that uh, I thought questions. was pretty good cool. and we'll do one more here good okay. glad we had so many questions alright here we go or not what happened all right okay well maybe not do you remember what the question was uh or some version of it it was something about um what when something like when have you known that something (laughs) it was such a funny weird question i wish i could remember it that would help um it was something in and around uh refresh it (laughs) the the, the nature of well this is a tough one because this person left about 10 questions all in one damn but i just wanted to leave i just wanted to have it be like the 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 last question and uh i don't know my my, the system's failing us but anyway (laughs) it was something around sort of like like when have you done something that you knew was a bad idea but did it anyway hmm Hmm. Uh, and art. I think we're in the realm of art. Okay, it's a lot of that. <laughs> oh, so when I did something and knew it was a bad idea, <laughs> but did it anyway. Yeah, like we like er, like when we first started talking, and you were talking about like taking the chance with this blackface, you know, yeah. segment that you created for the for the for your television uh-huh. network <laughs> like have, have you ever done something like that and and instead of it working you realize like oh damn i i went too far or that wasn't yeah. i thought that was funny but it wasn't i thought that was impactful but it wasn't i thought mm-hmm. that would look cool but it didn't you know yeah um you're like as a matter of fact i've never failed joe but yeah. I you're like yeah just pretty much bad in a thousand. Oh yeah <laughs> i do there is one in particular uh-huh. uh i made before i graduated <laughs> before I graduated I made this actually it was like the first large scale painting that I did I, I built the, the camp the stretcher and all that you know stretched it myself but the piece was I wish I had a picture of it or I could send it to y'all sometime but it's this woman um it, it, it was kind of inspired by like a Picasso piece but it's this mm-hmm. woman <laughs> who's like looking back at the viewer 
and her butt is in the air though it's like a weird <laughs> com- composition so she's like looking back at you over her butt yeah okay. and then her breasts are out uh-huh. and they're painted a whole different color in oil paint uh-huh. and then there's like this pink alien figure that's like behind her and his hand looks like it's going in <laughs> in a weird way right and <laughs> it's like super weird painting and at the top left I got this little cop that I made <laughs> with like a pink cop hat on and a blue suit and then I took I think it's like photos of some people walking with Martin Luther King and it's like kids walking into this house I got a family on there in front of a house that I cut out a magazine which all of them got wearing sombreros for some reason in a way it sounds like a collage that represents everything we've talked about today I know right and so um, I gotta see in this. her face I, I pasted a, a real one dollar bill on uh-huh. her forehead and then her hair the it's painted red but i went and put i used to have dreads down my uh-huh. back and i put the dreads some of the dreads on the painting as her hair too uh-huh. um when i first showed that piece at, at watkins i hung it from the ceiling so uh-huh. you had to like stand under it and look oh it's like so yeah okay I got yeah you. i yeah. caught so much heat for that um <laughs> all the women were like you fucking asshole <laughs> like this is the most sexist shit <laughs> and that was like the last time i made a piece like that you know because <laughs> i had to think about that too oh, shit. <laughs> I had to think about that. I'm like, I don't want to be representing or misrepresenting women either, you know, when it comes yeah. to my work. Because that's been done enough already. Like, mm-hmm. all the old masters and all that shit, they already did that. And I'm like, I don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. So this piece now is wrapped in a uh, transparent plastic. Mm-hmm. And I, I did this, like, blue oil paint square where her ass was <laughs> and um i think i'm put like a pro- something i'm put some kind of text there but and now it's more like an object that's packaged in a way uh-huh. it's, it's like super weird i have i've yeah, seen yeah, a lot yeah. of pictures no man. it's like turned into a sculpture yeah it has. Yeah. it's turned into a sculpture <laughs> and it's like this thing i call this one apology it, it, that's that's probably the new name for it sorry ladies yes i'm, I'm so sorry y'all when y'all got on my ass back then you were right you're 100 right i was an asshole for doing that but uh yeah when i made that piece i yeah. knew i was fucking up i was right. just like this is a terrible thing I hope, I hope you get some redemption out of it i hope i do <laughs> i hope i do well i want to turn the corner real quick and make sure that you're getting the word out about the things that you have coming up mm-hmm. uh so so give us the rundown all right so uh i'm gonna be in the show at the frisk this summer oh awesome, uh, yeah they're bringing in like eight or nine artists from that work in north nashville and we're gonna do a street art show so mm. good yeah so that'll be coming up this summer uh they just dropped the panels off it's like three huge panels that we're gonna be doing and um for the one that i'm doing i'm partnering with probably gonna have opportunity now interns at the studio again this summer mm-hmm. we did it uh two years in a row so this will be our third time probably have them involved in it so these would be artists and residents at Magruder basically yeah you but they're, high they're school kids high school kids yeah, yeah. Cool. and they'll be it's a it's a legit um, 
internship so everybody's making they're making their own money and stuff like that and That's we rad. talk about yeah we talk about job skills and how to manage your money and things like that so we'll have them have a hand in it and a say uh, we're gonna bring in some international students too and then they'll have a piece of it as well mm-hmm. and that's awesome. how we yeah so it's like rather than me just me do Again, it yeah let's let's spread let's see what happens mm-hmm. um courtney adair johnson and nuveen they'll be working on it too cool uh so that's one thing magruder center just got a 2.5 million dollar yeah something from the mayor's office mm-hmm. so we're gonna renovate the building and that's the space awesome, man and that's another thing that we've been working on lately is trying to because we kind of ran into some hiccups throughout this whole ordeal with them uh we're trying to make sure that some of the historical fuck-ups don't happen this time around Mm -hmm. like for instance power structure it's a situation where magruder's popping right now you know people are talking about it and have been for the last couple years sure and we're doing a lot of things up there but it's like if you're going to come in whoever it is come in as a partner an equal partner mm-hmm. not to lay flags post flags up and say we invented this when mm, no nah, not really you know like mm-hmm. we put in the work and all that when i say we everybody that's at magruder yeah the, everybody that's involved of the, the family resource center mm-hmm. um we all work together as a family and as a team mm-hmm. we're all the ones that laid the groundwork and the community people we serve the community you know mm-hmm. so good yeah so the mayor's office they want to come in and we're just saying if you do or when you do let's make it an equal partnership yeah you got to know how to like transition that power because the power is still within the people yeah 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 and that's what we're trying to keep it help empower what y'all are already doing instead of like you know okay now that you guys got this thing moving we'll take the wheel and write the check and tell you how to do it exactly (laughs) and then take all the credit you know back to the credit yeah no that's not what we're looking for yeah back to the credit post that credit first post that credit (laughs) first (laughs) so how can people find you on uh, like Twitter and the grams and all the places Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Marlos Yvonne 2 I wanted to drop the 2 but I had multiple accounts, so they uh, it was like that's hard <laughs> to do that stuff, back, man. Yeah, they yeah. won't let you go back. I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. can I just change it? But Marlos Ivan two on Twitter, um, Marlos Ivan on Instagram. So that's M A R L O S E V A N. I don't post a lot these days, but I do make my story like it's a piece of art itself yeah so that's why i do in most of my work yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's uh-huh. the way people can you know get the details about uh, happenings and shows and and all the things and, uh-huh. and keep up with all that so that's great and i, I have a um a photo that's going to be in this uh connect disconnect thing at the frist that's uh gentrification sort of how the city's changing yeah. uh i have a photo fo- uh, i'm one of the 50 artists that, were, that had a, a photo in that mm-hmm. that's awesome uh, so that'll be cool and i and i love how that's going to see again to eventually this uh this, this street rp yeah. so um, yeah. uh can't wait anything uh for you joe um, I would tell people go go to uh, burnaway.org burnaway is an online art journal based out of Atlanta and um, just yesterday they yeah. posted um, the interview I keep talking about you know me and me and Marlo's talking for like three hours a few weeks ago and that that was all for a, a, a studio visit Q&A that you can find at burnaway.org so if you wanted like go even deeper diving into like uh, Marlos's practice at Magruder uh, check it out yeah awesome. I, I also want to tell people out here in in Nashville and Tennessee start collecting work 
Start collecting artwork. Yeah. Like it's it's, a, it's cool. You can it's it's almost like an investment, depending on how mm -hmm. you look at it. But it's worth it. There's artists yeah. that are making really great work here, all over the board. It's attractive. It's attractive. You have some nice art on your wall. It's attractive. It's attractive. <laughs> I, I, I already know the first piece I'm buying of yours. All right, you're, oh, you're just doing some touch-ups on it right now, but we'll, we'll, okay, <laughs> he's going by apology. <laughs> apology is yours, man. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Hey, but really, thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah. Man. We got to have you back on after after you've had uh, uh, you know some of these things happen here, and then see how how it you know, how it's developed with your shows with and all it. the things. So thanks for having uh, me too, y'all. Yeah, uh, thank you. Really appreciate it. Thanks for everybody listening. Uh, make sure you go to art fightpodcast.com and click on support this uh, podcast and you can you can give us 99 cents a month and we will reach our 1 million listeners goal where mm -hmm. if we have 1 million people giving us 99 cents a month then Joe and I will buy an island in Dubai uh, and I <laughs> yeah. get half you get half okay. you, you know you can decorate your half however you want Okay. Yeah, can, yeah. How can I get a couple acres out of this shit? Uh, you're in. You're in. You got it. Tell me. Right. Let's give him the phone number one more time, y'all. We really appreciate the calls. It's been a fun way to have a cool, like, interactive segment of the show. So if you uh, uh, if you want to call in for our next guest, doesn't matter who they are, doesn't matter what you want to ask us, just call in at the number which is six one five two four nine eight two five zero. Yeah, and, and leave you us a message. Hit us up on Twitter at Art Fight Podcast, and you can see how it goes. Um, but again. Thanks again. Man, yeah. uh, I just want to keep going, but Me we got to go. All Peace. Right. Appreciate it. Take care, y'all. Okay guys, I love the Art Fight podcast, and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help? Go to anchor.fm forward slash Art Fight Podcast, click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast, and once you get there you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level, you're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production. And, and help us out. Again, anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast. Click on support this podcast. All right. Thanks, everyone.